All right. Hello and welcome to Marketing Ping Pong. I'm Allie. Oh, me? I'm, my name's Duncan. And that's clearly Duncan. This is, clearly this is the first episode because I didn't know it was my <laughs> turn to talk yet. <laughs> yeah. So when I do that, that means it's time to go to you. Right. Uh, so yeah, this is Marketing Ping Pong where we are going to play a little game of what if I owned. Um, and in this game, we are going to go through everything we would do to market a particular type of business. Both Duncan and I are a little ADHD and we chase those bright, shiny objects of like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool to open this? And wouldn't it be cool to have a business like that? And so we thought that one of the fun ways to kind of explore all those ideas is actually to create a podcast slash YouTube, whatever we're calling this thing. Uh, and this is our very first episode where we're just going to try this concept out, see if you guys like it and see if we like it and have a little bit of fun working on a business. So are you ready, Duncan? I was born ready. I am excited for more than one reason. So um, really excited to talk marketing, really excited to talk to you. And I'm also excited because my wife, Mariah, is not going to have to hear all this when I come home now. <laughs> Because um, she's usually the one that gets it. She she gets an earful. I'm like, I saw this amazing thing, this crazy business I want to start. And then, you know, so now you're going to get it uh, instead of her. So yeah, perfect. fantastic, which helps me because I do the same thing to my husband. Yep. And and it's, you know, it's fun to do it on your own, but it's even more fun to do it with somebody else just to kind of explore these ideas. And my goal for this um, this conversation is to get it out of my system. So I don't actually want to start these businesses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my other goal with this and why I'm also excited about it is I think this is a fantastic resource for small business owners. Um, I know that we've talked about that the businesses that we're going to be covering are mostly local small businesses. So these are people that serve a local community. Um, so my my other uh, intent with this um, with this project that we have here is that if we cover a certain type of business that that, uh, you know, people who own that kind of business already can listen in and get some fantastic ideas um, from our experience of marketing and kind of our out of the box way of thinking about different kinds of businesses uh, and and not just those types of businesses. So if we're talking about a coffee cafe, yeah, a coffee cafe will get ideas from it. But lots of other business types can get ideas from those same examples. So you could be a chiropractor watching a coffee cafe episode and get some fantastic ideas. So yes. that's my intent with this is to really get small business owners thinking, thinking outside the box, realizing what marketing actually looks like, the, the questions they need to ask in their marketing, etc. So that. with that, let's do our first business. You know what I, but I'm sorry to interrupt before we no, jump in. Like I love, um, I love the idea that you can pull ideas from a marketing plan for one business into another one. And I think that that's been, as I learn more about marketing and as I grow my own business, that's my favorite thing. Like if you understand marketing from base principles, you can start to see things in other industries that aren't being used in yours and pull them into your business. And it's like your client base has never seen it before. So it just like, blows everything up. I love, I love doing stuff like that. So yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. same, no, same thing, because I think some of the most creative ideas you can get for your business 
are ideas you get from outside your industry. Because if you're yes. copying what everybody inside your industry is doing, then you're going to be boring. And yep. I think that's the other advantage of us having this discussion is because any of these businesses that we're going to talk about, we have never ran those businesses. Yep. So we don't have the old habits and the, the um, industry standard. And this is what everybody does. We're not walking into this with any pre preconceived notions as to how we should be marketing a XYZ business. This is purely how we would want to market an XYZ business and what we think would make it awesome, cool, amazing, over the top and absolutely irresistible for yeah. our customers. And it's a lot easier, I think, to come up with those um, unique off the wall ideas when you're not running the business, like when you don't have the risk, when you're not um, bogged down by all the stuff, it's a lot easier to be creative and open to new ideas. So yeah, absolutely. Be fun. Yep. Totally agree. Cause we're not coming to it from a place of fear. We have to have make it happen. Yep. Desperation. None of that. We can just free flow the ideas and hopefully somebody out there is listening and saying, you know what? I think I can actually do that. I think that that is something I can apply in my in my business. So. Yeah. And that, that being said too, like, I know we haven't even started with the business yet, but the, the <laughs> I think this is going to be typical of our episodes though. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the other thing there that I, that you said that I think is important. Um, so you have the, the option to be super creative. We have the option to be super creative because we're not in the business, not operating the business. We don't have to make it happen, but there are some really great ideas that come out of that desperation too. that like sure. we need to make it we need to make it happen we need to do it and it needs to happen today um you know you don't want to act out of that always but i do think that there is something to be said um with that like make it happen mentality so anyway yeah and i think that that's something that we can consider as we go through these businesses too like here's mm -hmm. a short term really fast how would i go out and make sales now yep. but also here's the long term like i love newsletters i think newsletters are fantastic but a newsletter isn't going to start getting you clients today. It's mm -hmm. a long strategy um, that can sometimes take a year or two years to get somebody to convert. So yeah, yeah I like that too. How do we too. go fast and how do we go slow? Perfect. Yep. Yep. YouTube channels too. It's like super long-term podcasts like this are long-term, but the audience that you build is, can be super powerful. And yeah, yeah. Yep. absolutely. All right. You ready for our first business? What business you got? Our very first business we are going to start together is a yogurt shop. Nice. So I actually, this is a bright, shiny object of mine. Um, I give no guarantees that I will not act on it. Um, of all the businesses that we're going to talk about, this is the one that I wanted to bring first because I'm like, no, seriously, I want to start a yogurt shop, frozen yogurt shop, uh, because in my hometown, uh, we have a small town up north, 28,000 people, just about. We have one independently owned frozen yogurt shop in that entire town. Wow. Um, the closest thing is going to be about 45, 45 miles away is the closest next yogurt shop. Um, and it's for sale. And as soon as I saw that, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, the uh -oh. fun that I would have with yeah. this yogurt shop. Um, I know the owners, I've met the owners and they are, um, do not understand marketing 0%. And the funny thing about this is that he actually owns one of those kind of like monthly coupon books hmm. where he goes and sells ads to other businesses and they, it's called a uh, town money saver. And there's hmm. like chapter or, um, uh, franchises all over the, the country. 
And so he owns a, a franchise of town money saver, and he knows 0% about marketing zero, zero, zero. And, um, his wife, actually, I worked with her a little bit to try to help her with this business quite a few years ago. And, um, she was absolutely, uh, um, a brick wall when it came to ideas about how to market her business. And she, even when I gave her really good results on Facebook, she was saying like, I don't believe you. I think you fake those numbers. So when I look at that business, I look at nothing but potential because they, the a frozen yogurt business is indulgence. It's fun. It's interactive. Um, it's it's there's so many benefits to a frozen yogurt business, and it has high profit margins, um, which is a fantastic thing to have. And you don't need skilled people to run it. Um, anybody can just put yogurt on on a on a scale, add up how much it costs, and take the money. Now you might need some people like cutting fruits and veg or fr fruits and vegetables. I'm hoping that our yogurt shop does not have vegetables. <laughs> yeah, that's um, not very fun or indulgent. No, no, no. Out of there. <laughs> and that was so funny because like the their main image that they used was like yellow or yellow white yogurt in a plain cup with like three pieces of fruit on it. Yeah, that was their kind of advertisement to the world. And I thought, no, we can do better than that. You, you know, though, you see that all the time. It's like you see you see businesses that um, it's not just in marketing either. Like they've been running it. They've been doing it for years. It's working and they become uh, like nose blind to things that that are either an issue or could be improved with just like a couple simple things. Right. Like if you're doing something like frozen yogurt and it's so visual like a mountain of yogurt with all the toppings and all the everything and like that's the picture that you use such an easy fix but people like when you're in it you just don't even realize and like it's, yeah. it's working why should i why should i change it up why should i do anything different um re very resistant to change i find that with with a lot of businesses that have been in business for quite a while um, and they've been working maybe kind of like stagnated in growth and they're looking for something to do, um, but they can be very resistant to any anything new. And I think a lot of times they get stuck in working in the business, not on the business. Oh, yeah. we got to get the book work done and we got to order the, we got to order the uh, produce. We got to order the toppings. We got to chop things up. We got to make sure schedules are set up and they get so caught up in that that they just don't see, they don't see the opportunities. They can't step outside their business. One of my favorite sayings, and I'm sure we'll say it a lot throughout these episodes, is when you're in the jar, you can't read the label. And yeah. they are so in the jar and they just see things from their perspective. Um, for instance, the cover photo to their Facebook page is literally a picture of their building. Yeah. yeah. We have this amazing, sweet, indulgent, gorgeous looking product. And they're like, here's a parking lot and a brick building. And somewhere there you can see our sign, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. and it's just missing the mark. Yeah, it's so common. It's so common. Like they don't know what to put. Businesses don't know what to put there. And it's like your most valuable to me, free advertising space. If people are coming to your page, it's like they see that thing first and you you got to use it Um to me, it, it just has to do something for you other than just show them a picture that they're going to find on Google anyway, on Google Maps, if they search you. It's like, 
So what I would want them to do, so let's say I had their Facebook page, let's kind of start there. If I had their Facebook page, when they came, when, when a, when a potential customer came to the page, what I would want them to do is I would want their eyes to get wide open, lean in and go, Oh my gosh, look at that. I want frozen yogurt. Like I, that's the reason, that's the response I want. And I think a lot of people think, well, that cover photo is so they know what our building looks like. So when they drive here, they can tell what it is, but they haven't even decided to drive there yet. Correct. They haven't even decided that they want to go there. And so I want to use the cover photo to bring them in, just to pull them in and make them think I want frozen yogurt. Like, mm. oh, I love those toppings. Oh, I love what they have there today. So um, and, and change it up seasonally and do all that fun stuff. So they know what, um, what different things are, are on tap. Yeah. So, so we've talked a little bit about, um, what we want to do with this podcast. And I know I just interrupted you. So You're good. I said, <laughs> um, about like who our customer is. So go ahead and finish what you were going to say. And then I want to get into like, who is the customer? Who is it that we're actually talking to when it comes to frozen yogurt? Yeah. And like what I, what I was going to say is kind of headed that direction, right? It's like, how do you, how do you get people excited or involved? And I love opening up um, things like your cover photo um, to things that can get people involved, right? So it's like, come in, take a picture of the craziest, you know, yogurt concoction that you can make, uh, send it to us. And the best one is going to be our cover photo for a month and you'll get a free yogurt or something. If we pick your picture, I love, um, really you can use contests like that, that don't really have, um, uh, a huge output from the business. You're not giving a ton of anything away. You're generating free content from people. So you don't have to like hire an agency to come in and do these pictures and video or whatever. And it identifies your, not only your um, your clients, it helps identify what are like super users of your business, right? Like the person that's gonna take a picture of a yogurt and like maybe put like a little emoji on it and edit it and put a filter on it and send it to you. They're somebody that's gonna be like out in the streets singing your praises for your yogurt shop. They're gonna be telling everybody. And those people to me, for any local business, like you... Um, not that you need to pay attention to them more, but really they are going to pr provide a massive amount of value for your business. So you should do something to recognize them um, and maybe pay a little bit more attention to those people than you would some of your other customers. Um, and something like that is a really great way to identify who those people are um, and really make that cover photo a lot better. So continue. Yeah, totally agree. I love engagement and interactivity. And here's the thing. Most people are just bored, right? Yep. Most people are bored in their life. They're bored. They go to work, they come home, the kids are screaming, everything's annoying. And when they, when they're trying to decide who they're going to go spend their money with um, anybody that stands out and is doing something different and is presenting themselves in a fun and engaging way automatically wins. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. not even um, it's not even a, a challenge. You know, you have a boring business that just says, uh, we have ice cream for $2.50 a cone to something engaging like you get to submit the picture for the next cover photo. And people are going to gravitate towards the one that is interactive, part of the community, kind of gets be um, out from behind the, the business page yeah. and really is a person and 
and a personality that people like to do business with. People like to do business with people. And the more fun and interactive you can be, the more they feel like they're actually interacting with real people. Yes. I love that. And there's, um, there's a YouTube channel called, um, it's Bon Appetit. It's like a huge media company that they do cooking shows and all that. And, um, the, I always point to that as, as an example of this because it's video content, right. And it's cooking and recipes and all this different stuff, but really what people, why it became so popular in my opinion, and why people gravitated toward it is the people, right? Like they've kind of, um, got so involved with like this person and how they interact with this other person and the friendship over here. And, you know, when these two people come together for an episode, it's so different and special. And like, that's really what you, um, that's really what pulls you in is like those, those human interactions. And there's no reason that you can't do that with a local business. There's, there's like, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And like I saw on the frozen yogurt side of things, I actually just saw a post, um, a Facebook post that got recommended to me that was a uh, in a yogurt shop, ice cream shop, something like that. And it was the, one of the kids that worked there had dropped a tray of like frozen yogurt all over the ground. And he was standing there with like a, a broom and a mop or something. And they were like, hey, uh, you know, this guy dropped everything and, you know, kind of being funny about it. And they were like, tell us the most creative story that you can about, you know, what you think happened here. And it was just like, the post went viral. It was like thousands of comments from people that don't even like live there because Facebook is again, suggesting this to people because it's a really high performing post and, you know, thousands of interactions, thousands of likes and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's, it taps into that same thing. Like, who is that person? You know, what's his story? Is this kind of like his thing? Does he always drop stuff? You know, like you can tap into that and build little characters and, you know, there, there's so much that you can do there. And or just the secondhand embarrassment we feel for him of like, yeah. oh, no, I, yeah. I would be so embarrassed, this poor guy, you know. Yeah, and it was it like everywhere. React. It was yeah. everywhere. It was like six feet of, of frozen yogurt across the ground. And you're just like, what happened? <laughs> and mistakes so many times. Um, and, and this is where, you know, even with my own clients, I talk about like, talk about your mistakes. Um, I have found that like, oops, emails work more than almost anything else because they're like, what, what happened? And you come across as human as, and as a person. So I love that. Yep. So let's talk about who the customer is. Frozen yogurt shop, town of 28,000 people. It is also a tourist destination that gets a lot of out of town people there. Um, definitely from all adjoining states, but from the Midwest in general. Um, we have a um, an amusement park, one of the largest amusement parks, most roller coasters in the country. So if anybody listening, you probably know what I'm talking about if you've ever been there. And um, water parks, the whole nine yards, people are coming into town to be with their family. Um, it is not downtown. So the yogurt shop is kind of on a, on a, um, uh, what, what's the best way? A commercial strip, but not the commercial strip. Sure. Um, so the one that most of the tourists are on, we are off that. So um, not a lot of foot traffic. Not a lot. Well, locally, yes. So there's a lot of traffic on that road locally, but the tourists don't tend to come down that way. Um, it's like I said, it's not downtown, which is up and coming. So it's kind of sitting in, it's like next to a, um, a vehicle. Uh, what are those called? Ah, I can see it in Napa, Napa auto parts. It's yep. next to a Napa auto parts and not much 
else. I think there's a wing place around the corner. Is it walking distance from downtown? No, it is not no. walking distance from downtown, but it is walking distance from uh, pretty close to walking distance from the high school. Okay. Um, and a lot of area businesses. So like the McDonald's and the Burger King and all of that is right there around near it, not right next okay. to it. And it's kind of like off and back by itself. It's not super visible, but it does have a, a, a sign on the road. Okay, great. Um, right off the bat, I I'm just writing a little note here so I don't forget. Um, I think anything close proximity to a high school small-ish town, always a great idea to tap into like local community pride. So you can have like a school flavor or a school football team flavor, name a flavor after the mascot and like, you know, uh, build up a yogurt to look like the school mascot of some sort, you know, some sort of school pride. It's I a streaky bear. It's a bear. So we can do that. We could definitely, Perfect. we make a bear look like a yogurt, look like a bear. Yes. Yep. So that taps into like local business for sure. Um, and... Let me, let me add something to that. Yes. So we're in a small town. We are about 28,000, like I said, but the yogurt shop itself is right outside of the city limit. Just, just like literally that road divides the city from a township that also has a high school. Now I'm not, I've never been really sure where that high school is, but there is great rivalry between the two. Now they don't play sports against each other because they're different divisions. Uh, mm, okay. the, the big city, big city, the, the bigger high school is definitely in a higher division than the other high school, but yep. there's definitely like a, you know, like, screw those guys kind of rivalry that these guys don't like the city guys, city guys don't like the township guys. Okay. Um, and, and the yogurt shop is like right in between those two things. Awesome. You're probably thinking what I'm thinking. Mm. Um, <laughs> I love, I love pitting people against each other in ways that is not violent. Right. So like you can, you can have a lot of fun with like competing flavors, like whichever one of these sells the most, that school gets 50% off yogurt for the year or something crazy like that. Like I love, I love pitting people against each other and that would get like all the kids from both schools to come out and try and buy more of their flavor to win. Um, to me, like, I know we're, we're kind of veering off into strategies and tactics here, but. Um, but it is part of our who too, because this is who we're, yes. we can veer off anytime we want to. This is our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We do what we want. <laughs> We don't have any rules here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I like, that's how I usually conceptualize ideal client, right? It's like, wh what's my, it's kind of backwards from what, what everybody does, but like you have to have a product or a service that you're selling. And then for me, it's like work backwards from there. So like frozen yogurt, obviously fun after school kind of activity, family activity, um, so like kids, families, tourists, that's kind of like the the big chunk of people. And then I kind of whittle that down, right? So like kids, after school, high school, how do we tap into that high school? Rivalry is a big thing in high school. That's just kind of the way it is. That's why there's all the after school specials with the football team rivalries and all that. Um, so I think tapping into that group of, of clients in that way is a great idea. Um, so then do you have any ideas for that? that kind of group of people or any opinions on that rivalry? I plan? would love to see something. So I know that they already do a lot of fundraising for, um, you know, they'll have like fundraiser nights come here on this night. 
um, say you're part of the school um, band program or whatever mm. it is, and then the um, sales from that will percentage of sales goes to your school. So I would almost like to see, and it may be an unfair rivalry um, because the city is larger than the township, sure. uh, but the township is also more in love with their identity than the city is. Yeah, so small possibly, town has that loyalty. Yeah, so the the um, doing something where they can throughout a month, let's say we go a whole month and we both schools get to do their fundraiser and then the school that wins at the end, they both get their money, they both get their fundraiser, but then there's an extra something or another for the school that gets maybe an extra $500 bonus for the school that gets the most. And then they get a plaque or a trophy or something that they can show that their school is number one, that we could display there in the shop yep. itself. Bragging um, rights, and yeah. each year it could, a different plaque goes up of which school wins. And so now they're in competition. Love that. Who's going to get the most plaques on the wall. Yeah. Um, you could have a literal trophy case in the yep. yogurt shop or like up on the wall. That's a great idea. I love yeah. that. I love that. And, and yeah, and that kind of um, bumps them up against each other a little bit. Uh, there's also a lot with like, um, in our town, I'm sure this happens in other Midwestern towns or anywhere. Um, we have a lot of little league. We have a lot of, you know, the um, Thursday night baseball game and all the kids are going out for ice cream. Yep. We do have ice cream shops. We actually have a historic ice cream shop in town that's been there for a hundred some years. They make their own ice cream. And then we have a couple of those soft serve kind of independent Dairy Queen type places and I feel like there's more opportunity for that with the yogurt shop that it may or may not be tapping into. I'm not really sure if it is, but how do we get the kids after the game, instead of going and getting a $2 cone, convincing their coach and or parents and or whomever to take them to get a five to $7 yogurt? Because one of the advantages of frozen yogurt is they get to serve their own. And it's always going to end up costing more than if you order like a $2 cone, you're going to make something big and it's going to be expensive. Um, so how do we get those kids to convince their families that they want to go for frozen yogurt and not just at the local Dairy Queen where maybe there's a tradition. And, you know, for me, there's tradition of Cobbs. We all went to Cobbs. Everybody goes to Cobbs, right? Um, not the yogurt shop. So I think there's opportunity there as well. Yeah, but it's about figuring out how to scrape some of those. I yeah, think. Hot, I'm thinking hot. in like uh, software terms, like how do we scrape some of those users from that other from the other ice cream shop? I think it's hard, especially if it's um, a more expensive product with those sports teams, because you're dealing with a ton of kids. And a lot of the time, the coach, just speaking from personal experience, the coach would bring everybody and they might pay or one of the parents might pay one time and then another parent the next time for different different sports that we've had that happen well what if we had like a a uh, a child size serving for these sports teams specifically that it's smaller and maybe it is a flat three bucks right they can only get so much ice cream in it they can only get so much toppings on it, but they still get to choose and they still get to interact with the flavors and the toppings and they're still coming there to buy. And then you've got the adults that are like, I'm not getting the little kid one. Uh, and so they <laughs> yeah, get the big one. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're filling up a whole tub, but the kids are getting like a smaller 
cup of frozen sure. yogurt, but they get to interact versus, you know, just going and ordering a cone that's a pre-made type of cone. Sure. You might need a product that's that's um, comparable in price to, to compete. And I think that's a good way to do it. And then the next question is, how do you how do you disrupt a hundred and whatever year, you know, years of tradition? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's 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 the same in as it is in our realm where you're building that you have to build no like and trust with people. Sure. And I think that one of the best ways to do that in a small town is to like put your face out there and be involved and go to things that are happening in the town. Right. So like um, I had a client where I I recommended something similar, like they had a physical brick and mortar location where they sold um, basically like cafe goods. And I was like, hey, if people don't know anything about you, um, it's not very efficient to advertise for something like this because you have like low ticket um, um, things that you're selling and it's not going to be profitable to run ads for you. So go to a place that has a ton of people, bring your stuff and say, hey, if you like this stuff, our place is over there. Um, in a really small town, everybody might know that it's there, but maybe they haven't tried it yet. So it's like, how do you, then it becomes logistically, like, how do you bring frozen yogurt to a farmer's market? I have or, the answer. Oh man, <laughs> you've been, you got the whole business plan, don't you? No, they have a food truck. Oh man, that's it. That's so, it. so going to the most popular ball diamonds during the summer, yep. when the kids are all playing and maybe you rotate between them. Maybe you don't go there every time. You can still do the smaller cup option, but then you've got the the parents that have been sitting there. I get bored watching Little League. I've had to go to my nephew's games and I'm like, okay, I'm watching. I'm still watching. If there was a frozen yogurt <laughs> place that I could just like get up and go buy some frozen yogurt. And maybe we can even um, use that as a fundraiser that a percentage of sales that go to the frozen yogurt shop actually go to um, split between the two teams that are playing. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And And that helps build that relationship with the coaches and with the organizations and makes them more likely to go to you as opposed to the other one. And yeah, I love that idea. Um, Yeah. And so we bring it to them so they don't even have to travel with umpteen kids trying to get them all to the ice cream shop and figure it all out. They just walk over and they're able to get it there. And what I love even more is the photo op. All the kids with the ice cream or the frozen yogurt, Uh, with the frozen yogurt and all the toppings and all the things they're doing. I know they also sell, um, they do cookies with the frozen yogurt in between. So like Ooh. the frozen frozen cookies. Nice. Um, and they also do some kind of like cannoli something. Like it's hmm. some kind of stuffed cannoli type thing, but it's filled with frozen yogurt. That sounds so good. Yeah. 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 No, it's like really cool. Um, and <laughs> I love so, this business. Um, yeah, no, I, love, I do too. The, I love fun. You haven't even scratched the surface, man. Yeah. I love, I love selling fun. Um, it's, it's fun to think of ideas and ways to sell fun. Um, and it's an easier sell too. So I I like that side of it too. Um, I'm excited for you to open up this yogurt shop. I'm excited for it too. Sorry to buy it. It's for sale. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I I go through all these ideas and I've been talking to the kids and and I'm like asking my youngest, I'm like, would you like to manage a frozen yogurt shop? Like (laughs) my youngest is 16, but I'm like, I think you could do it. I think, I think we could probably do that. And then Willow, my middle daughter is like, well, I would definitely want to help with the marketing and I'd like to help with food prep. And I think that's fantastic. So let's talk about the product a little bit because 
that's what really gets me excited is that's the fun part, right? Is, is the product is super duper fun. Um, and I think that's the problem that we're solving for people. We're giving them a fun night out, something interactive, something they connect, connect to. And I love what you said about really connecting with the local community and, um, being a part of the community, not just being, um, oh, we're here, we're open. We hope people come in, but actually having the community, um, be a, be a part of things. And so a couple of ideas that I had for the product itself. Um, number one, they have vegan frozen yogurt. So frozen yogurt. So I'm totally leaning into that. Uh, make sure we have vegan options and all, all that good stuff. There's really not a lot of adverts there. We have a lot of, it's a little bit of a hippy dippy town. So they're there. There's a lot of vegans and vegetarians there. So I definitely lean into that. But beyond that, the opulence, right? The opulence and the indulgence. Um, I love the idea of having seasonal ingredients, um, things that you can only get certain times of the year. I'm a big fan of scarcity. Um, I love what McDonald's does with like the McRib. Nobody liked the McRib when they could get it all the time, but they bring yep. it out every now and again and people go freaking nuts. So they go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the shamrock <laughs> shakes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Now's the only time we can go get shamrock shakes. We all get it. And then we, you know, don't ever think about them until they're out I again. Feel like, I feel like there's like a McDonald's executive somewhere like, but when they came out with a shamrock shake, like, what are we going to do with this 500 gallons of green dye that we overpurchased by accident? Like, we're going to need it. We're not going to need it anywhere near this much we need to come out with something that we can use all this green dye for but that's a beautiful that's beautiful because it's like let's say that was true we have all this green dye the strategy then is we're going to take the product away hmm. like the strategy is not how do we make people buy it um, and produce more product but how do we take it away and tell them that they can't have it anymore yeah make them want it and the taking it away, that's why Disney used to put things into the vault, right? They'd put it in the vault and you couldn't buy, back then it was the VHS tape, right? You couldn't buy that movie anymore once it's in the vault. They would release, um, you know, Snow White. It's available for maybe six months or a year. And then they're like, back into the vault it goes. And we're not releasing it again until who knows when. Yep. And so I love that with any kind of food business, having that element of scarcity and seasonality. So I'm a big farmer's market person. I'm a big uh, gardener. I've, I've always loved growing food. And I love the seasonality and just kind of really leaning into the time of year that it is and the and the produce that's available. So we are known in that area for a few things. We're known for um, strawberries in the in June, right? June is strawberries. July is peaches. July into um August is just peaches, Red Haven peaches. Uh, people will go out of their way to go to very specific orchards to buy peaches. Um, apples a little bit. Um, we're also a wine country. We're also in wine country, which is interesting. Um, so those are a few things. We're also known for sweet corn. Sweet corn is, is a big thing. Everybody loves their sweet corn and they're super picky. They only like this farmer's sweet corn. They will drive 20, 30 minutes out of their way to get the right sweet corn um, because that's the corn that they had when they were younger. Yeah, brand loyalty. Yeah, yeah. so what I love, um, the idea that I've been having with that is like when peaches are in season, we bake a peach cobbler and that's one of the toppings that they can add to their um, 
to their frozen yogurt, which sounds delicious, like peach cobbler with frozen yogurt on top of it. But the peaches specifically partnering up with one of the local orchards that are one of the more popular local orchards. And we advertise it as XYZ Farmers Red Haven Peach Cobbler. Um, they know they like Red Havens. They know they like that particular farmer. And it's peach cobbler. What is more Midwestern than peach cobbler? Like that's or, or peach crisp, apple crisp, you know, things mm. like that. Yep. Um, and, yeah, that's and, such a great idea because those orchards are like, um, if the only orchard I've ever been to was in upstate New York and it's apples and they do maybe a couple other things, but they're like magnets for that kind of person. It's like, mm -hmm. um, decadence and opulence. And like, we're going to go to an orchard and get our own. This is the, the fruit that we're getting because it's our special fruit. Those are the, that's like the customer that you're looking for. Exactly. Um, so and we can do a market. video going to the orchard where maybe our staff takes a staff day and we go out to the orchard and we pick the peaches and we pick the apples that are going to be included or we go and do a video of the farmer picking the peaches, picking the apples and handing us the, the basket. And yep. I got you the best looking peaches I had out there for your peach cobbler. I can't wait to try it and that sort of thing. And yeah. then it's one of those things that like, okay, we make a peach cobbler a day, but when it's gone for the day, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So if you want yeah, it, you'll you sell out before you'll sell out before noon. Like they'll, they'll just be gone. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. And, yeah. and the only, the only downside of that is the amount of people that will get pissed um, so you've got to make sure that you try to make enough to try to get you far enough into the day that you're not pissing off like a huge number of people. Um, I also like the idea of, um, and I don't know what I would do, like there's like corn pone and things like that you could do with sweet corn. I'm sure we could do something with sweet corn. I'm not sure with the wine. We used to make wine jelly. So mm -hmm. there's a way to cook the alcohol out of the wine. But what would be neat is to maybe have the winery come and talk about pairing which wines with which flavor of yogurt. That's a good idea. <laughs> and they can set up there. And I, I know that there are ways to get permits that they're allowed to sell off-site. And sure. so I don't necessarily need to have the liquor permit for it. No. It's a particular type of permit that they can get. And so they can sell their wines in the frozen yogurt shop. And we do just a fun video and a fun event where they're pairing the different wines with the different different yogurts, frozen yeah. yogurts. Yeah, you can just hire. There are our mobile um, bartender businesses that, that like that's what they do. They hold a liquor license and they'll go do an event like that. Um, I don't know if that's the most like cost effective thing, but I think that might be fun. If you're going to do an event, like do it big, right? Yeah. Um, that's my... My thing with events, I see a lot of businesses kind of like half, they're like half in, half out, and they don't really have a way to um, to take the people that came to the event and turn them into like lifelong customers. That's sure. another big thing where they like do the event, get all these people there and they crush it on the, the advertising on the front end, but they don't have any way to to follow up with those people or collect their information or build a list, which we're, we'll probably talk yes. about for this business. Um and that's where they fall short. Um, so usually when somebody comes to me and they're like, I want to do this event, I'm like, okay, first things first, how are you going to collect their information so that you can tell them about your next event so that it doesn't cost anywhere near as much as it did this time to, to market it? So that definitely has to be one of our um, businesses that we do because I ran a farmer's market and that was one of my biggest focuses was how can I get their information? Mm -hmm. But also you say like that one foot in, one foot out, and that's how a lot of people run events. And that's something that we paid attention to with the farmer's market. How do we make this the most over the top farmer's market 
that's interactive. And we used to get the wineries show up to the farmer's market. Mm. So that was something that the customers love because they're like, oh my gosh, there's wine here, right? Just the presence of wine made the event more interesting and interactive. So if we could get them in, we could also see if there's any, um, there are local breweries. We could possibly do something joint with a brewery. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities there. We could bring in some of the area chefs and have yeah. them create something from our frozen yogurt, you know, even just take frozen yogurt to them and say, okay, make, make something amazing. Make a thing. And yeah. then just do a whole video series on how this chef turned our humble vanilla frozen yogurt into something absolutely amazing and over the top. Yes. There's a, there's a trend right now in doing just that, right? Like they'll bring a chef, you know, a, a packet of ramen and a, a jar of peanut butter. And they'll be like, Hey, can you turn, make this gourmet? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And then I like whip something crazy. It's like up. chopped. Everybody yes. watch chopped. Yeah. Everybody yeah, yeah. chopped because it's like all these random ingredients and how do I make something really, really good out of it? Yep. Love that or idea. You even I... can have the, uh, an area bakery actually make like the peach cobbler and the mm-hmm. apple, cob- uh, apple crisp and things like that, that we bring in there. Yep. Um, I like that a lot too. I'm not sure. I'm like trying to think if there's a bakery that could do it. I, I kind of have some people in mind. Um, but yeah, all these different ways that you can partner with. And the important thing to do is as you're doing that partnering, get pictures, document it, take videos. And it's not just about that one moment. It's not about the moment of when the winery comes to, to the yogurt shop. It's about all the content we're going to be able to create and the conversations we're going to be able to create about that uh, mm-hmm. on into the future. And a big mistake I see people make is they'll have an event and they take like 56 pictures of the event and they upload it all as one album on Facebook. And they're like, okay, now on to the next thing. And I'm yep. like, you've got weeks worth and months worth of content. Oh, you're going to be able to yep. use that content again next year when you're trying to advertise this thing to give yep. people an idea of what's going to happen. There's so much content there where you can, you have an event like that and you just see somebody eating a frozen yogurt and they're enjoying themselves. And you're like, can I take a quick video of you? You know, it might not even have to do with the wine. It's they're having an enjoyable experience or they made an amazing big you know, um, um, creation. And you're like, Oh, I've got my camera. They're here at this event. I might as well take pictures of that too. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's so common, you know, it's, it's almost like everyone, everyone, every business makes the same mistakes on social media with content and things like that. It's, it's a a repeating pattern, posting all the pictures and then just moving on to the next thing. Um, Cover photo problems where it's like just the picture of the building, like very, there's a lot of repeating patterns. And I think content is one of the, it's one of like the most misunderstood things, right? It's like, you, yeah. And like, there's so much potential, so much potential for it to grow your business. And there's, there's so much potential to create it more than than people realize it's like everything can be content literally everything like you uh got in your car and um you know got halfway to work and you realized you forgot the peach cobbler you're like sitting there in your car like pissed off and frustrated about it you could turn that into a thing it's like a selfie like take a selfie and like be like you guys i i you love the peach cobbler so much 
I'm ha- I'm an hour from my house. I got to turn back around and go grab it because you guys can't live without it. And I'm going to do that for you. Yes. Like everything is content. Everything is content. Yes. And it's, it's yeah, for sure. Um, I just did that. I just did a series of event photos for somebody. Um, and it's like every picture I took, there, there were so many people there. There was like uh, um, city officials, you know, like president of the board of another thing and like donors for this nonprofit. And it's like every picture has a story. Like I took a picture of these two people talking and shaking hands and I went over and I was like, nice to meet you. And like city commissioner and um, like largest donor for this this big charity. And they were donating stuff that day. And I was like, this is incredible. Like you came here just to give all this money and stuff to this organization. And that picture, that story, like largest donor meets meets commissioner for the first time and they have a great conversation. I took like 150 pictures that day. Every single one of them could be a separate story about the people exactly. that are in, in the photos. Um, but they uploaded them all at this at once and posted them. And it's like, oh man, I should have had that conversation. Like, wait, don't do it. Just pick the best one, you know? Um, yeah, but- it's very frustrating. I I, I just had a, a YMCA I was talking to that had uploaded, they had a pickleball event and they uploaded all the pictures. And I'm like, what's the story here? And she told me, I'm like, Tell me that. What's the story with this one? She told me the story. One of them, you can see the woman falling backwards, her skirt up in the air as she's like (laughs) trying to get the ball. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that should be a post all by itself. It's so good. And the guy, uh, you can see the guy that had hit the ball on the other side, like kind of standing there cocky, like, yeah, I I got it. She's like trying to reach for it. And I'm like, that is such a great image to use to tell these stories, but everybody just uploads everything at once. So you mentioned about the city commissioner, et cetera. And that reminded me years ago that I had hosted a, um, as part of the farmer's market, we did a a, uh, one weekend Christmas special and we did a um, a, uh, Christmas cookie contest and we had people bring their Christmas cookies in. And I'm wondering like, how could I, knowing that we could do like ice cream sandwiches and like, how could we integrate? Like, it doesn't always have to integrate. I could just host a Christmas cookie contest at my frozen yogurt shop. Yep. Um, anybody could do that in their business. And we got people that were like commissioners. We had a Santa Claus there, but then we had people that were well known in the community to be the judges and actually taste test the cookies. Yep. So I don't know exactly where I want to go with that, but I, I could see there's definitely something that we can do, some kind of contest that can be judged by the upper echelons of our small community that every, again, small town, everybody knows each other. Yeah. They all easier to Easier to get access to those people. Too, yes. To yes. And yeah, it's really easy. As long as they didn't have a scheduling conflict, they were a yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course I'll, I'll go and do that. Yeah. Um, so I love that a lot. Um, also with the product we had talked about, I talked to the kids about creating, um, kind of recipes every single month of like here. So we're in October right now, Halloween. So we could do a pumpkin pie, frozen yogurt. We could do a candy cane, frozen yogurt, candy corn, keep Mm -hmm. saying candy cane, candy corn, frozen yogurt. We can do uh, like a monster mash, something or another. And instead of people just coming in and saying, okay, well, I'm going to use the pumpkin ice cream and then I'll put whatever toppings I want on. How do we make it taste like pumpkin pie? So what toppings should you be using? Are there Mm -hmm. like cinnamon chips and um, 
Maybe we bring in graham crackers for this and where there's not usually graham crackers. Like what elements can we let them know? You put all of these elements together and you just made a pumpkin pie in a cup. Yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of people don't know how to do that. You know, they're just adding whatever. And then it's a, my husband's terrible at that. He adds every flavor. He mixes his <laughs> fruity flavors with his caramels, with his chocolates, with his peanut butter. And I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> you shouldn't have gummy worms and chocolate chips and peanut butter cups in the same bite. Don't don't gatekeep. It's he, it's his yogurt. He can do it. I know, wants. but like some of us want it to taste good. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and that's what I do when I go, I'm like, okay, what flavor profile am I going for today? Am I looking for fruity? Am I looking for chocolatey? Am I looking for peanut buttery? Am I looking for caramel? And then I build around that. But Sure. Again, people don't think about that. So I really like the idea of having like maybe four different recipes for the month um, where we tell them use this frozen yogurt and have a really pretty picture of it. I can yep. see it as a stand right there. Like, a, what do they call those? Like those stand up. It's signs. like a pop up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a pop up banner yep. Um, yep. has a picture of it. And then it says the ingredients to use next to each one. We could even have it obviously on the Facebook page. Um, there could even be an app where they can look up different recipes that they can use at that yogurt shop for, for that month. What uh, kind of um, space do they have there for seating inside? Not nearly enough, okay. in my opinion. I would like to see the space bigger. Now, in the summer, they do have outdoor seating as well. A couple of picnic tables. So I would try to figure out how we could expand that in the summertime. Um, and personally, I think... I would not move it right away because I want that feeling of busyness and fullness and people thinking, boy, we better get there early because the yogurt shop's going to be full. Sure. But I think there is a point in time where you can make more money by having a bigger space so that you can actually run events that bring in the amount of people that you, um, that, that we could, because honestly, I think we could, I think we could pack the place if it was even three times bigger than what it is. I think we could pack the place. Um, yeah, I just uh, I love like my my preferred style of marketing. I love events, but I love silliness. And like if you can mm -hmm. if you can do like I was thinking of having like a frozen yogurt sommelier where you do like a date night and it's like come in and like he comes over to your table with like the little thing over his arm and he's like, this is our finest pumpkin pie frozen yogurt. And you like taste it. And he's like, I would recommend pairing this with the wines from this place. And then like, they still go up and make their own, but like you get the guy who explains where all the peaches are from and where the, this, and I was like, I love that. It's like, frozen That's yogurt, so great silliness, but you have yes. to have the table, the spit, the seating. And right? I think it's people just... think silliness is like bringing a clown or something, but it's yeah. like doing something that is so unexpected and that's what's going to get them talking that's what's yeah. going to keep them remembering it i've just been uh finished reading mike mcgordy's book can any small business make you rich and he talks about um this ice cream shop that he wanted to buy and i think that's why i've always had ice cream shop like rolling around in my head um and the guy's name is pinky and it's like a uh you know kind of a gruff looking dirty looking fry cook right with yeah. with an unshaved scruff and all of that cartoon figure 
and um, you get an ice cream for five cents and you get to play mini golf for a dollar. And, (laughs) and, you know, there, and it's bright neon everything and everybody's wearing 1950s kind of poodle skirts. Like the whole staff is wearing that. It's just creating something that is enough of a, an escape from the everyday mundane that when they go to work the next day, they're like, have you been to that ice cream shop? Have you been to that frozen yogurt shop? Oh my gosh, we just had the coolest night there. Yep. And and how can we create that environment in something that's already a fun business? And you were talking about how everything is social media content, like everything is content. And one thing I love about this business is that it's so visual, right? Yep. Um, the next business that you and I are going to be talking about on our next episode is so not visual, right? The opposite. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact opposite of what we're doing here. And that's why I'm attracted to this kind of business because the the content is right there built into yeah. every last bit of it. So let's talk content. Um, and first let's talk list building because in order to have content, we need people that will view the content and it's not a cart before the horse type thing. You need good content to get people, you need people to get your content seen and they both grow each other. Um, but there's no way on, on this planet that I would have a frozen yogurt shop and not have an email list and not have a mailing list. Um, I would really, really love to do um, birthday mailers, a free frozen yogurt for your birthday. Sure. Hands down, easy peasy. Stick no... a spoon in the envelope. Oh, I love that too. Well, I was going to do postcards because they're a little bit more cost effective, but for a birthday yeah. one, that could work. Yeah. That could work for the birthday one. But like, yep. if you're going to do just like monthly specials and that sort of thing, we had great success with postcards because we would just do the dashed line all around the backside of the postcard and just make yep. it one big coupon. And they would grab the coupon and say, I have this coupon here. Um, This is for $2 off. Uh, We used to do with, I had to use bookstore. We would give free books away. For the farmer's market, we would have a $1 coupon that anybody could come down and spend like cash. And they loved it. They just absolutely loved it. And you do different colored cardstock, different times of the year. um, And they're just all over it. So I would definitely do that. I do like having a spoon in the envelope. I'm all about like chunky mail and doing something that's different. Yeah, um, but not cost effective for like a monthly special, but the birthday right. one would be good. But yeah, I like that for birthday. Like um, you're invited for a free um, frozen yogurt on us. And we're even, we even sent you the spoon, you know, yep. something like that. Come prepared. Yeah, come prepared. Bring the spoon, come prepared. Um, and don't worry if you forget it, we've got more, you know, that kind yep, of thing. Yep. So yeah, I love that. I love postcards. Um, I'm, I, I just, I think that making offers is how you make more money. It's too easy to forget about a company. Um, and I would rather send out a $1 coupon every single month to everybody in the town than to say, well, you know, I don't want to be given discounts all the time. It's not that big of a discount. We have a high profit margin product here. And if that gets them in consistently, now eventually they'll get bored with it, but it's going to work pretty well for a really long time where I have this coupon and it's tangible. They have it in their hands. It's not just like we're running a sale, a dollar off everything. They have this tangible reminder. Oh, I got to go in there. And then when they submit the coupon, I've got their name on the back and I can tell exactly who was in, who are our super users. That's how you track, right? 
Um, and so what we did at the at the bookstore is we would have a um, like a fishbowl type thing and say, would you like to get a free book? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, just fill in your information here and we'll send you a coupon for a free book in the mail. And then when you get it, you bring it back and you get a free book. Uh, and we built a nice fat email and mailing list just from doing that. So we could do one, a free frozen yogurt for your birthday. Um, something along those lines, you could also do the, um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The, um, rewards, uh, rewards, rewards program of some yep. kind that's yep. kind of plugged into there. That's one of the things I liked having the physical card where we could punch the card, but I would lean into technology and just attach it to a phone number and like, just give me a phone number and let's, let's, uh, keep it simple. Um, sure. so how would you collect information at this here shop? Um, I like the, you know, if we're going to lean into the, the take the yogurt to them idea and the food truck thing, um, I think, how do you, how do you use that ad, ad space effectively? Like you have a massive truck that's just literally free advertising rolling around on the street. Um, some sort of QR code for, you know, QR code giveaway, email sign up landing page would be cool. Um, I also really like, um, like the idea of maybe a photo booth kind of thing that comes with you to those events. Um, and it's not, it seems like a little bit more headache than it is. Like uh, you can get these pop-up photo booths for, you know, like 500 bucks, maybe a little bit more that you can just bring and pop up and it takes their photo and they put in their information to get the pictures. And it's like, you know, picture with your yogurt, you know, kind of thing. You could roll up a contest in that too, right? So it's like best yogurt photo gets X, Y, Z. Um, but really like the, the thing you're trying to do there is build a list and they have to put in their information to get the pictures from the photo booth. Um, and automating it in any way that you can, having it set up and making it fun to me is the best way to do it. Like provide, provide something for them to do um, and to get their information, you provide something of value to them, whether it's like photos or potential to win something or whatever, but um, love the food truck. And it's pretty easy to stand out as a food truck. Like if you were a food truck, that's frozen yogurt. That's already like awesome. I haven't seen one of those. If you're a food truck, that's frozen yogurt that also has a photo booth. You're like, what is this place? Like, I need to go over and see what's going on over there. Um, so I want a photo that. booth in the shop now. Yeah, That's such a smart idea because right now they're um, so the the extent of the social media marketing that's happening for them right now is they do a guess the the weight of the frozen yogurt and if you guess it exactly you get it for free. Got so it. all of their posts, I went back months. <laughs> I'll say ninety five percent of their posts are these really badly lit pictures of somebody standing yeah. there like that. And sometimes it's three a day. Can, uh, we have another, all it says, all it says, all the post says, we have another winner. Yeah. <laughs> That's and another one, right? That's like, you know, we're talking about all these common social media, like content problems. Like they, they find something that works once and like they lean into it, which is the right idea. But it's like, you can't just do that. 
you got to do like, you got to do a lot of things and try a lot of things and then stick with the, the several things that win and are good and pr- produce results. Right. So yes. like, that's a good idea. And keep trying. Cause you know, yep. I, I call it the roller coaster, right? A roller coaster isn't fun when you do this. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what a lot of people do with their posts. It's one note. It's, it's just one, one idea. But we want to be up and down and around and around. And not every post is going to be absolutely knock the the ball out of the park, high engagement. Um, So that's where I call it like my sugar and broccoli post. There's a sugar post, which is super high engagement. Everybody goes crazy. And then a broccoli post may be something more informative that people need to know in order to make a decision to do business with you. But they would never pay attention to it if you hadn't just rewarded them with a dopamine hit of the the sugar post, right? And then they're like, okay, what is this company talking about now? And they're actually paying attention. Um, but yeah, that's exactly right. And they, they went with the same thing. And the other thing is you can't assume that somebody knows what the stinking winner is on what I know what it is. Cause I've been in there before. I know what they do, but every single one of those people is a story. So you have Tracy comes in, Tracy guesses the weight. Tracy gets it for free. Tracy's been coming here for the last five years. And this is the first time she's been able to guess the weight right. She was super excited about it. She said her favorite flavors when she comes, she loves to do a vanilla yogurt with all of the gummies, like everything that's gummy and then sprinkles on top. Yeah. That's how you do it. And then you get a picture that is good. Yeah. <laughs> and not just like this gray picture of them. You can't even see the yogurt. It's like, yeah, under, yeah. It's and like, that's another, that's a whole it. other problem. Like I've been, I've been considering making like a mini course on just like basic, how to take a decent cell phone photo. Cause there are so many people that don't, they don't know, you know? And it's like, it's just like all these other problems. If you start from a place of like zero knowledge base at all, I can't really fault them for not knowing, but also on the other side of it, it's like, it's your business. It's your business to know and to learn if you don't know how to get better and how to make these things work. Um, But yeah, yeah. You need at least like halfway decent photos. And the thing I found with that too, though, is like you can, if you know how to do content, it's like, you're not just leaning on the images to do it for you. Like you can take a bad photo and turn it into a joke, or you can, um, you can make a series of bad photos, like a, like a part of your content. It's like, these are all my worst photos from my last six events. Like, this is why your photographer doesn't give you all the pictures. You know, it's like a diagonal picture that's completely blurry of three people that are clearly posing for the picture. So like, you can do stuff (laughs) like that. Absolutely. um, Yep. But that brings uh, the human element back into it, that everything's not always shiny and perfect. But that's what I was thinking with this photo booth. If the photo booth is well lit, taking good pictures, if we can just have a couple of prompts in there. And you know what would be cool with this photo booth is if it could also do like short videos. What yeah, they photo have a booth. Do they? That'd yeah. be so fantastic. So like in 60 seconds, tell us what, how you made your, what's in your, what's in your yogurt. Or in 60 seconds, tell us, just something, some kind of prompt that they can go in there and then all the submissions that we get throughout the month possibly go into some kind of contest and competition. And that's where we get some of our pictures for the cover photo is even if we're cropping them out of it a little bit, we don't want to crop them out completely, but um, they get to be featured and they get to be on that home page of, of the Facebook page. 
Um, the other thing I love, we talked about interactivity on uh, with social media or just in the business in general, is I love the high engagement posts that I teach a lot of my clients are the pick your favorite, mm. voting on things like, hey, we're not sure which one of these flavors we want to bring next. Which one do you want to see? Uh, this or that comparing two different frozen yogurt um, designs with each other and seeing which one people like more uh, yep. scale of one to 10. How much do you love pumpkin spice? You know, that kind of stuff getting um, possibly even rivalries between who loves pumpkin spice, who hates pumpkin spice. <laughs> and then you get the people arguing in the comments. Again, there's so many great ideas for interaction that will spill over into the shop. When people come in, they're like, I voted for this, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I voted for this. And now they feel a part of it. They're not just a customer in the business. They are a, they're a part of it. They got to help make decisions for the business. They got yep. to put their voice counted and, and they were able to, to lean into that. So I yep. absolutely love that. I, I really like the photo booth idea because it takes it away from the person that's behind the counter and we have the background that we want. We could change out the background, different seasons. Can we do yep. that with the photo booth? I'm not familiar yep. with the photo booth. Maybe we Yeah, need they have them where it's, it just depends on your price, your, your um, price range that you're looking in. Like I've made photo booths before that mm -hmm. literally it's like, Hey, do you want to do a picture in our photo booth? Here's like a dollar off your next whatever. And like all the person at the counter has to do is like hit a remote. You know, like that's like the cheapest version sure. and you can make it whatever you want all the way up to like the Rolls Royce, which is like you. Um, I want a Rolls Royce photo booth. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so like you're in there and it's like an enclosed air conditioned thing. And like you um, pick your backdrop kind of like a Snapchat filter. It like has preset filters and it will print out like a little a little camera, like a little picture thing for you. Oh, I like and that. it sends you the digitals and it has like the video version as well. It sends it right to their email. You know, you can get as fancy as you want. Um, but I love it too. Like you said, you can't really, um, it's not always the best idea to rely on the person that's working there for minimum wage to like run that part of your business too. It's like, let them focus on the yogurt, like the task that's, that is worth that money and like automate the thing that, that can be automated. Um, and make it fun, you know, like at photo booths are fun. So. Yeah. And I, I, um, if you see somebody that's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. You know, that, 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 um, Sunday you just created, but I've got 10 people in line and I don't have the ability to take a picture right now. Yep. Um, so having something like a photo booth, well, you just mentioned about like the biggest challenge that everybody talks about with frozen yogurt. Cause I've looked into this is the staffing. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they brought up, um, out of the blue, it wasn't anything about frozen yogurt specifically, but they mentioned it. Um, one of the guys said that he had a buddy that bought a frozen yogurt franchise and he ended up having to work a lot of hours because his staff wouldn't show up. Yep. They'd want to leave early. They'd show up late. They'd be sick all the time. And so here's this guy who's fairly financially well-to-do having to show up and work a frozen yogurt shop because his franchise agreement says that you have to be open between these hours and those hours. Yep. So that, number one, that's why I like the idea of this independent shop because I don't like anybody telling me what to do. So I'm not a franchisee, um, not in my blood. So the um, one of the things I talked to Clary, my youngest, about was like, how do we actually make this a workplace where people want to work 
where they feel loyal um, because they are part of the marketing too. If you have miserable staff and you're coming in and you're all happy because you've been seeing the social media and whatever, and the staff person is like, that'd be 825. Like that's not actually helping your business. It's not helping you grow. So for me, a big part of the marketing plan for this frozen yogurt shop is um, higher pay and or some sort of profit sharing for the staff on hand. Um, That the better they do and the more relationships they build and the more they get people excited about the yogurt, the more um, reward is in it for them. So they're not feeling like, look at all this money I'm making for this lady who just bought a yogurt shop and I'm the one here running it. Because I think that there's, especially today, after everything has happened with COVID, that the the um, mindset of the low wage worker is kind of a screw you, I don't care, and I don't want to be here kind of attitude. Yeah. Um, so I, that would be really important for me um, if I were to buy a frozen yogurt shop of how do we keep them engaged? How do we make it fun for them? Not just like you have to smile every day and you have to say hello and you have to show up. I'm not that kind of boss in the first Yeah, place. you don't want to be under the counter with a knife. Like you'd be nice to the customer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or, or like I had bosses that had cameras. Oh yeah. Always watching us. And I'm like, I don't like that. I don't feel like you're trusting us. No. You also have arbitrary rules that make no kind of sense mm-hmm. that, that, are making us want to break your rules, you know? So how do we then create a work environment where they're having fun? And I do like the idea of making sure they do have a camera and they do have a way to snap photos that they have some control over what goes up on social media and and the type of content that can be created for that. Um, Coming up with the recipes, they can be involved in the process of coming up with the recipes. Just being involved in the entire marketing process and understanding what it is that we're trying to do. And obviously it does come down to finding the right people because the wrong person can't be motivated by extra money or anything like that. So you want to like poach really good waitresses and bartenders and things and say, come work for my frozen yogurt shop. Like we've got a deal going on here and potentially doing some sort of profit sharing, maybe quarterly, yearly, something like that. What do you think? I love, I love that idea. Um, I was just listening to a podcast the other day where they were talking about the, the challenge that you're talking about now. And it was, um, it was from a little bit of a different perspective. It was like, um, the, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 chain, you know, franchise thing. I think it was Chipotle. Um, The CEO of Chipotle was saying something about how the key to getting rich in this industry is learning how to make, learning how to get minimum wage employees to enjoy their job and like want to do what they're doing. And that's like exactly what you're talking about. Um, So they do stuff like, and I don't, obviously very different scale. And like, I think that you would have to, you'd have to kind of change it to fit what we're talking about, but they did a program where um, if you're a manager of one of their stores and anybody, if anybody that was ever under you that you trained becomes a manager, they give you $10,000. It's like a, a leadership, even if you don't work there anymore, it's like they honor it into the future, even if you move on to somewhere else. And it's like to, to really, promote people being leaders and building other people up 
within the business that they're in. Um, I think that there's something there, even though it's not like, it's like a small local business. There's like a, there's like an incentive to build up the kind of people that you're looking for in your business Mm -hmm. at that scale. And you can reward whoever's running the shop for doing that with people there. I think it's easier. Obviously you got to find the right people, but I do think in, in some cases it's easier to show someone that's new to the workforce that there are good places to work, right? Like all you got to do is be a good place to work and have someone that believes in that vision and, and shows the other, like the people below them. Um, And I think rewarding that person, whenever they do the thing that they need to do is like the first step. It's like, how do we get them on board with showing these these other people how how it's going to be here like what the culture is um because just like your super users and your customer base your manager or your your the person running your operator is going to be like your super user among your employees they Mm -hmm. have to be or else they'll you know run the whole business in the ground right it's like if you don't have a good operator you don't you don't have a business um so i would figure out first how to do how to like convince them that it's like a really great culture and and get them involved in the process of building that kind of system out with you and reward them when the system works. And mm-hmm. they will do a lot of that work with the, the, you know, minimum wage level employees. That's probably how I would do it. I know that's kind of not like a specific answer, but. It's just, I think it's comes down to not being crappy to people. Yes. <laughs> not being crappy, not stepping on people, not treating them like dirt. I've had minimum wage jobs that I loved and I wanted to stay at, you know, that I I worked well, the pet store, you know, the very first pet store I worked at, I didn't get paid hardly anything, but that was the best job on the planet. Um, As far as I was concerned, I got to play with animals all day long. So I I mean, and I was, I got to teach people about animal care. It was just fantastic. And so when you empower people to actually your employees to have fun and interact um, and, and allow them, trust them to an extent, trust them to, to grow your business, but you've got to have the kind of business where they're all in. Um, Danny, yep. my oldest, he, he worked for a coffee shop and his manager was just always had his back, always had his back on everything they was doing and absolutely loved his manager, wishes he could go back there. The owner was not great. <laughs> <laughs> the owner was not not a super great person, um, but the manager made it such a pleasant and wonderful work experience to where Danny felt loyalty to the manager and was like, I can't call off because then Janine will be all alone. I, I've got to, oh, I'm going to work this extra shift because Janine asked me to. And, and, it, and it creates and fosters that loyalty. I think too many times people think, oh, it's a low skill job. So we just throw anybody into it. Yeah. And we'll just, and that's not them. sustainable. It's not yeah. sustainable and it's frustrating. And that's definitely not the kind of world I, that's not the kind of business I want to run where I'm just churning and burning employees um, and, and waiting for the sucker that's going to stick around and and deal with everything. You know? Yeah. And like, to your point, um, to your point, but the opposite side of the point, uh, I also, one of my first real jobs was at a pet store and I loved the job. I loved teaching people about animals. I loved working with animals and I got uh, put in the fish and reptile department. And I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And the thing that killed it for me was I didn't get along with the manager right? Like the the store manager. 
And, you know, I was whatever, 18 years old, 17 years old, just probably deserved a lot of the treatment that I got. But um, that's the thing, right? Like there were a lot of people in, in that business that didn't really get along with the manager. And it's like, it, it, it's top down, right? So like yes. whoever that person is that you put there just has to believe in the vision and has to really be in line with what you're, you're trying to do with the shop. And I think if they are, and you give them, it's like you said, give, give them a little bit of leeway to do what they want. I feel like that's the person. It's like, that's the person that you give the leeway to. And you say, look, like, just like what I've done with you, if you find a you, like build them up, do, do everything that I'm doing with you with them and like bring them up to, to be where you are. And we'll open another one of these in the next town over, you know, like we'll be the next, we'll be the the Chipotle of frozen yogurt. or (laughs) We'll be the next frozen yogurt franchise. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is, so Danny just quit a job uh, in the spring, I think it was for mental health reasons, not because the job was hard, loved the job, loved the food, loved the coworkers, everything. It was the manager. Mm-hmm. always talking behind people's back and screaming at people for small mistakes and just did not have her shit together. And so, you know, he's like, I, I want to stay here. I want to do this job. I want to do this work. So I agree. I think a good manager, somebody who cares about the employees and um, cares about creating a positive work environment and cares about and has some ownership in the business, you know, just yep. has has a sense of ownership at least to yep. say like, when this business does well, I do well. I and agree so with I'm that. I'm going to go everything above and beyond to try to make this business do as well as it possibly can. Yep. I love that idea. Yep. All right. I love it. Um, Anything that we're missing? I'm like wanting to look at my list here. I'm trying to think if there's anything we did not cover. The uh, only thing that I, th- I had pop up um, just while we were talking, so we, we talked a little bit about joint ventures, um, and we were kind of in the food realm and like the food and beverage realm. And I was thinking like, are there any other, um, are there any other fun products or fun businesses that aren't in the food and beverage realm that you could do a joint venture with, or even in like boring business world that, that there might be an opportunity with as well. Like that's where, that's where I've been thinking lately, like trying to get out of the box that I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know how to market fun. I know how to like partner up awesome, cool businesses to to do cool things together. Like, how do I tap into the, the fun, tap into like the big boring companies and like get them paired up with these fun companies and like inject a little bit of well, fun. Well, I think that's a, a match everybody. made in heaven. Honestly, I think yeah. that, um, fun companies with fun companies is fun. But a boring company needs a fun company. Yes. Because they are so freaking boring. So, um, you know, some of these more stodgy things, like if you're an attorney or if you're an insurance salesman or if you're a, you know, any of these things where where you're just like, well, my business is very serious and it's boring. It's boring. Everybody's bored. Everybody's bored to tears. Nobody wants to talk to you. Yep. And you've got to find a way to bring fun into your business. So if you look at the frozen yogurt, especially the food truck side of things as fun on wheels. Like we can bring the fun to you. We can have, we could help you host an ice cream social event for all of your clients. We can give you gift certificates that you can give your clients as thank yous for referrals. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that, um, 
we could, you could host, you could host your next event at our frozen ice cream shop. Why go to a stuffy restaurant? Let's have fun. Everybody gets their frozen yogurt and we all sit there like kids and we listen to you talk about investments, right? (laughs) Um, And and yeah, I think that's a good way or even like investment company that they're really targeting the teenagers and the 20 year olds, right? So let's bring it to frozen yogurt versus Mm. let's have a, you know, fancy sit down dinner where I'm presenting my, my products and my plan to. Great idea. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that we're giving them something that they need. The challenge is convincing them that they need it. Yeah. The challenge is con- convincing them that they are boring, <laughs> that that <laughs> yeah. they are, that, yeah. that everybody is falling asleep just thinking about calling them. Yeah. Um, so how do we make this something where they build up no like trust? They give first. Um, they give fun, which is frozen yogurt and all kinds of fun little toppings. Um, I would also think too, maybe they could... We find so so the ice cream shop that makes their own ice cream shop has partnered with the amusement park and will do custom flavors for new roller coasters that have been released. Nice. Really smart and definitely something we could do. There's definitely a lot we could talk about with the with the with the amusement parks and such. But what if there was a stodgy business that named their own recipe, but we make it so like tongue in cheek and ridiculous. So I had jury duty the other day. Sure. And um, there's a little cafe inside the courthouse that named everything on the menu was uh, the categories on the menu, at least were named after different law things. Nice. Um, <laughs> like the affidavit um, sides or something <laughs> like that. Like it, it's just all kinds of like lawyery speak. But what if they like sponsor a flavor and we just have fun with it and we maybe order because gummies, you can get really creative with gummies and have all kinds of different gummies. Yeah. Um, But like you'd you'd have to think of a specific business and like what are things about that business that people think about? And then how do we associate that with a topping in a way that makes sense and isn't, you know, like a huge stretch? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Try and like pull some puns in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to make something boring fun, but I think if anything could do it, it would be frozen yogurt for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely do something with it. But then if if we make the if we make let's let's say this is an insurance salesman, um, maybe we have like a house on fire Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Just or a a a a car wreck Sunday, something like that. <laughs> Um, and we have like little gummy people and, and they're yeah. like strewn about or something like yeah, that. Yeah, put hot sauce on it because they're on fire or something. <laughs> Strawberry oh, sauce. Great. This is frozen. Oh, yogurt. oh okay. okay. Crazy. Sorry. Um, I forgot your palate is so sensitive. Yeah. You know, so, you well, pick your you know, spicy, profiles. spicy stuff in, in frozen yogurt would be fantastic. But I don't know about hot sauce. Like I'm thinking like jalapeno pepper jelly or something like sure. that. Frozen yogurt. You don't you don't want like a sriracha swirl or something? <laughs> I mean, we can try it. Like I'm, I'm not down. opposed to it, but I don't like sriracha. Mm, got it. <laughs> That's not good stuff. Jalapenos are my my jam. I really like jalapeno pepper jelly specifically. I love. Mm. And I would totally do a flavor like that too. It's a cream cheese, jalapeno, pepper, jelly, and crackers is like mm. a favorite thing. It's like a little jalapeno pepper popper. Yeah. We do a yep. jalapeno pepper popper frozen yogurt. That would be so good. <laughs> um, but then like we kind of 
maybe make it, let's say, let's say he's an insurance salesman. He's well-known in the town. We make some flavors in his honor, connect with him, show him that we made these flavors in his honor. We invite him in. We take pictures of him with all of his different frozen yogurts. He can then use that to post on social media and send an email and he can be promoting us. But at the same time, he's bringing fun to his audience of, look at this, there's a frozen yogurt named after my insurance business or my law practice or my accounting firm or whatever. You get numbers for the accounting firm or something like that. Yeah, there's like, there's interesting opportunity there too to like, you know, hey, do you want do you want a flavor named after your law firm? It costs X amount of dollars per year. And like, we get this much foot traffic. So imagine, you know, whatever, how how many customers are you going to have through there? Like thousands of people seeing this flavor will make it a really funny flavor, you know, plead the fifth. And it's like made with a fifth of vodka or whatever. You know know what I mean? Like (laughs) something, something legal and it'll be like their name and you can, it's an additional revenue source. That's a little bit of a stretch, but I've seen people do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Some kind of sponsorship, like a, um, they could even sponsor the fricking peach cobbler, you know, bring, bring that into it. So it's additional revenue source for us, but then they can have the bragging rights that they have this thing named after them there. Yeah. Um, It's like, there's a, it's a no brainer for, uh, for Cobbs is that other ice cream place, right? It's a no brainer for them because they have that like local fame also. So for like, well, Tops is Tops is the one that does the Cobbs is a Dairy Queen. So oh, Tops oh, is oh. the one that's been here for a hundred plus years, Got and it. like everybody knows Tops. Sure. So like for a that, scoop, a scoop ice cream place. Yeah. So yeah. so like the the thinking is like a lawyer sponsoring a flavor at that place. It's like a no brainer because of the weight that that place holds in the community. Mm-hmm. So you might need to wait until you build yours up to the point that it's like that. What if? What if we invite four or six local professionals in, they create their favorite Sunday, we write it down, and then we have the people vote <laughs> which Sunday is the best. And again, we could go to um, council members and, and commissioners and, and things like that. Um but you could do it with local professionals, realtors, and, and all of these boring businesses. But they're kind of big names. People know who they are. They come in, they make their own. And then we vote what is going to be the featured recipe for the next month, that they yeah. get a featured recipe for the next month. And maybe we have on the wall, um, the winner gets their picture with their thing and a little plaque that talks about where they're from, that this was created by Bob Jones Insurance. And then it goes up on the wall for time in memorial. And then we've got all of these local figures up on the wall that win things. And then they get bragging rights to their customers and they're asking their customers to go vote for them. Yeah, yeah. Vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. Gamify it. And like you get, you get 
a lot of boring businesses as opposed to like building a relationship with one. It's like, this is a thing that you can all be involved in kind of thing. Yeah, that's great. And maybe have it like none of them are competitors, Mm -hmm. but the next round will pick a different group of non-competitors. So a realtor could be in this round and that round, but we won't put the realtors against each other. Yeah. And you can open it up for signups and you could do like, you know, we only have room for one realtor in this round of the the yogurt off you know this month's competition like we only have room for one painting company we only have you know yeah that's a great idea yeah no, i love that i love that yeah. and then that cool. brings fun to them brings money to us yes <laughs> i love it i think that's fantastic well i could probably go on for another two hours just doing yogurt business ideas mm-hmm. Cause yeah, it, we didn't really even get into the food truck too much. Like there's, that's like a whole other business. I know. And when I saw it on the list, I'm like, food truck, like we're just, no, the possibilities are absolutely endless. And what I love about a small town, like my small town is you can absolutely dominate the entire town. Every time somebody turns around there, you are, I mean, we're 28,000. Um, it, it's a decent I don't even say decent sized town. Um, there's a lot of empty lots with that 28,000. Um, so, so there's room to move around and, and do things. It's not all really compact, um, but there's so many opportunities to be visible. And there's so many opportunities for everybody in the town to know you. And this is where I talked before about that small town famous, right? If you had a business that everybody in town knew and talked about and instantly recognized and instantly brought up thoughts of like, oh, we have to go and do that. Or remember that time we went there or I've been meaning to go visit that place. How can you not just absolutely dominate the competition in that town? And it's yeah. not that I want the Dairy Queens to go anywhere because I like a good soft serve with crunch sprinkle things on it as much as the next person. Yeah, I uh, like the upside down blizzard thing just like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and then Tops is never going to go anywhere. but. Um, we ain't letting no other yogurt business in town. Like we're going to drive them all out because they're going to see that we are the yogurt business. Yeah. And that's why I really love it. You know, living here in Southwest Florida, sometimes it feels like it's harder to do that. People are less connected to each other. They're more spread out. The yeah. communities aren't really coming together for community events like they do up North. So there's so many opportunities in, in a business like that. Um, I don't know if it's still for sale. It was for sale the last time I looked and I'm like, I'm not going to look anymore (laughs) until I'm actually in the position to potentially buy it. Um, Once we sell our house here, um, I'm going to be talking to a a bank up north to see what can we do as far as business loans, et cetera, Uh, because I truly believe that we could just knock, knock the socks off of it. Um, and be famous. We'd be small town famous in a short period of time. So any last words about yogurt business? Any last words about yogurt business? Uh, What is your favorite yogurt? What is your favorite thing to put on frozen yogurt? Like when you go, are you like Tim? Do you just shove everything on the frozen yogurt and make it fight it out in your mouth or no 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 no, thank you i'm a pretty plain guy i like um cookie dough if there's a cookie dough topping i like chocolate chips like chocolate chip cookie dough is my favorite ice cream so if i could do that in frozen yogurt maybe some chocolate like hot chocolate hot fudge kind of sauce on there that's about it you know vanilla vanilla yogurt so 
that's usually, so I'll either do that. I, I love cookie dough, same. Like I could just, just give me a bowl of cookie dough. I don't even know why we need to have the frozen yep. yogurt. Yeah, skip um, the yogurt. Cookie dough and I'll do like the little mini chocolate chips and, yep. um, you know, maybe some peanut butter in it too. Cause that can go with the like little peanut butter chips. Yep. Yeah, I keep mine pretty simple. And the other direction I'll go is sometimes I'll have like a really good, like vegan coconut uh frozen yogurt so sure. coconut and then it's the strawberries and the pecans and the blueberries and the peaches and the all of the fruits and then they'll have like those little um passion fruit the the you know the the little yeah, it's like little pearls yeah. yeah the little pearls like a couple of passion fruit pearls in there so sometimes i will go straight fruity um, yeah, Tim is just like everything goes in there. Clary puts it's all gummy things like gummy Skittles. Mm. That doesn't belong on frozen stuff at mm -mm. all, as far as I'm concerned. But that's where Clary goes. It's all like the candy candy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, I think we're we're in lockstep. We'll have to do a a, a Duncan and Allie uh, cookie dough recipe that we will launch when we launch our frozen yogurt shop. Love it. So I, I love this. I love this discussion for anybody that's listening uh, in the comments. If you're on YouTube or send us a message, tell us what, like, what would you do if you had a frozen yogurt shop? Did this give you any ideas for how you would actually run a frozen yogurt shop? Are there big glaring things that we miss that you're like, you're missing the big thing. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, or did this give you any ideas for your business that exactly. that is not a frozen yogurt shop? That's right. So if you are not a yogurt frozen yogurt shop, let's say you're an insurance salesman or you're an attorney, maybe pairing up with your local a local fun business that you can interact with them and find ways to bring more fun and interest to your business or ways to pair with local um, schools, um, you know, um, um, make your business mobile. They were able to make their business mobile with the food trucks. I love that. Uh, so yeah, there's tons of ideas in just kind of exploring what we're doing with the frozen yogurt shop. So yeah, let us know what your ideas are, frozen yogurt shop or for your own business. And with that, I think we're going to wrap this baby up. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much, Duncan. That was fun. <laughs>